Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we are here to anime all up in your face. That's right. We got our quarterly spring 2023 anime episode coming at you. <laughs> yeah, all we watched all of them. Um, just for you best buds out there to tell you what the top 10 must-watch anime of spring 2023 is. So stick around for that. Uh, but first, we're going to hit you with a little bit of banter, followed by a little bit of news, and then we'll get into all that meat and potatoes goodness. Yeah. So, uh, up first, uh, I want to discuss one of the manga that I've been reading recently. Yeah. Uh, give a little shout out to that. And that's, I, I haven't had a ton of time for manga, um, because we've been preparing for this episode and there were a lot of shows this season. Um, but one that has really stood out to me is one called Shy. And it's... It's really good. It's, um, have you ever heard of it, Best Boy Justin? I believe you've mentioned it to me once before, but I'm drawing a blank on the plot. Okay. I need you to pull up your browser. Okay. And I need you to. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say britches. (laughs) Pull up your britch. Pull up your britches. Get on the internet and strap in. Actually, that's, that's exactly what you should do, Best Boy Justin. Okay. Um, Pull up your britches and strap in, because slap on that Google engine and uh, type in uh, Shy Volume 2 cover, and then look, look at the images. So, mm-hmm. Oh, this one, yes, Justin. yeah, 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 I remember you showed me this one, yeah. <laughs> um, what Best Boy Justin is seeing is uh, this Russian woman holding a bottle of vodka, um... And she is the hero of Russia in, in the story of Shy. And basically, Shy is, from what I have read so far, about this world where superheroes appear one day uh, and are kind of just integrated into society in the similar way that they serve a function in My Hero Academia, where, like, you know, they kind of multitask as like um rescue and you know damage control and like fighting bad guys and and all that sort of stuff um but each country gets their own and they all have very distinct personalities so um (laughs) the russian hero is like i forget what her uh name is but she's based her whole deal is that she is just drunk all of the time, um, <laughs> which is why I think Best Boy Justin would especially enjoy her. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting because it takes a, a very like hardcore, real look at uh, superheroes. So it's it's more akin to like the boys, um, the boys, than like my hero. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it can be, like, very, like, gruesome and, like, also kind of, like, Mm heart-wrenching. Um, like, it deals with the realities of, like, superheroes not being able to save everyone in a disaster situation and how if they don't save someone, 
exactly correctly like there's consequences right like if they don't catch someone right they can like snap their spine and and it deals with that in the context of it so yeah uh an an interesting story and, and worth checking out it will definitely uh get an anime at some point i'm calling it now cool well i'll keep an eye out for it it sounds like a lot of fun as far as for my little manga corner this week um, I wanted to talk about Telework Yodabanashi, uh, which uh, just released its final chapter. Um, I say just, it didn't just happen, but this is the first time I have a chance to talk about it on the show. Um, and it uh, it was really, really good. Um, it, the the manga is kind of about um, the this guy, he works at a really like crappy company, and it's like working him to death and he has like no life. And then all of a sudden, a mysterious ailment <laughs> strikes the entire world. Um, I, I don't know if any of you are familiar with anything like that happening recently. But um, and he ends up having to work from home. And um, while he's working from home, all, he, all the men die. All of the men die. No, that is a very different manga. Uh, one that oh, I okay. one that I will not read. Um, but no, the basically what happens is, you know, after he ends up having to work from home, he ends up meeting his neighbor who is also stuck working from home and they kind of um, they kind of, you know, begin to develop feelings for each other. Um, and I thought this manga was so good. It was a, just a really great self-contained story. It was telling a story about something that happened very recently, obviously, in real life, but without like without fetishizing it or without like putting it on some kind of pedestal, it, it kind of really presented just a story that, that takes place within that as a setting um, and occasionally as a plot point, but not like to a degree that's like, I don't know, like unsettling or triggering or anything like that. Um, and it's from the same uh, mangaka who did sweat and soap, which is probably one of my favorite like adult age uh, romance manga. Um, really? Yeah, I think Swens- that is high high praise. It is it is way up there with like Wodakoi um, and other other manga like that. It's really really well done, um, and I was really excited when I found out the the uh, that the mangaka was working on a new story, um, and they you know they set up front uh, and this kind of leads into the second thing that I wanted to talk about. They kind of from the get go, they 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 kind of made it known that they were not intending to write a very like a super long story. It was going to be limited to just, you know, a certain number of chapters um, and it wasn't going to be like a a sprawling long story, like kind of how their last one, Sweat and Soap, was, which, by the way, has a live action adaptation now, but still no anime Um, But I would be very surprised if this one also never got an anime adaptation because Sweat and Soap. I'm really curious. What is Sweat and Soap about? So Sweat and Soap is about um, the main character is a woman and she's kind of been plagued by um, her. uh, She has a complex around her sweating. So she sweats a lot. Right. So she basically um, she spends all her life worrying about this. She's constantly you know, spraying deodorant and changing her shirt. And like, she always brings extra clothes everywhere. And she like never does anything that might possibly trigger her sweating. Um, so she's kind of like almost like a nervous wreck about it. Um, and she, she works, she ends up working for, um, a company that makes soap. 
um, because like the company that makes her favorite soap, like the soap that always helps her feel like okay with her sweating. Um, and, and it, you know, she manages to find a job there. And while she's working there, um, she kind of catches the eye of this guy who works in like the development department. Like she does like paperwork and stuff like that, but he like, his whole thing is he's a scent designer because he's got like this God tier nose, right? He's got like a Tanjiro nose. Okay. So oh he, God. So of, <laughs> of course. course he's, he's walking past her in the hallway one day and he smells her scent and he's like instantly falls in love with her. He's, he loves the way she smells. <laughs> he's, he's all about it. And like, it's, it's really funny. Cause like at first, obviously you have the very silly scenes of him, like wanting to sniff her. And you're like, haha, this is kind of funny, but it actually ends up dealing with a lot of like really complex issues around like insecurity and you know the the kind of the way that these these uh, issues are dealt with in a relationship, um, and it handles it really well while still also never losing the kind of the fun factor. It's still funny, it's still cute, um, but it also deals with like really important, really heavy, hard hitting issues. Um, so that's sweat and soap. Um, I really think you would like it, uh, Best Boy Dan. I, I definitely thought that it took place in a locker room. No, oh god, uh, yeah, it does kind of <laughs> sound like that, doesn't it? Um, very different, but that sounds interesting. I would, Sweat and I soap would be a good name for that. for a BL manga that takes place around a football team. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, oh, just yeah. like interactions in the locker room. Oh yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to talk about like the way I, I one thing I appreciate is the appeal of a manga that ends when it should. Because this story, Telework Yodobanashi, that we're talking about now, it, it it ended on its 20th chapter and it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I didn't need anything else from it. Um, it wasn't drawn out. It wasn't rushed at the end. It was just perfect. And I feel like a lot of manga, especially you see this a lot in the romance um, genre um, and slice of life, too, I suppose, to a certain degree, where manga just gets drawn out forever and ever and ever. And they do all the same arcs over and over again. Um, like they'll do the same round of arcs when they're not together. And then they'll do all of the same events when they are together. And then they'll have like you know this the jealousy event and the the well and this and that and it's you know like I how many times can you have a miscommunication right how many New Year's Eve shrine visits are we gonna go on with the same couple you know um, <laughs> oh my god give me another one right and like so I do appreciate that obviously romance is like the genre that I enjoy the most but like sometimes I just want to read a very self-contained. Um, properly paced and well-rounded story um and a story like telework yodobanashi i think is a really great example of that another great example which i actually just finished best boy dan i meant to give it to you when i saw you last but i forgot um was catch these hands i thought catch oh these hands, my god it ended so well yeah catch these hands it was four volumes it was it was ended on a perfect note the pacing throughout was so good um and you know i just i do really appreciate stories like that mm really fulfilling uh like arc yeah absolutely at the end yeah the, the, that that final arc was very good really well yeah um super cute um and yeah so i you know i just wanted to take a moment take a take a, a minute out of my day to appreciate you know a storyteller who knows when to end their story and just to be clear it's not always on the manga because sometimes you know there are like 
people behind the scenes, editors and producers and so on and so forth who have a say in this type of thing. So I don't I don't just blame the mangaka for the for when this happens. But, you know, I just wanted to just to put that out uh, into the universe. Um, but now that it is in the universe and it is floating on forever into the to the inky black void, um, I think that uh, means it's a great time for us to check in with Studio WEB for some anime news. That's right, Best Buds. We have all the news you can stuff between your cheeks. Which ones? That's the question. Well, I don't want to know the answer. Uh, <laughs> up first, uh, High Dive announced that the first episode of the television anime adaptation for Aka Akasaka's... Um, wow, I don't think I've ever say said that. that out loud. <laughs> say say uh, that five and, times fast. Yeah, and Mango uh, Yoko Yari's Oshinoko manga has become the streaming service number one series launch in the stream uh, streamer's history last week. The series ranking is based on the number of views it achieved in its first week on the streaming service. High Dive also debuted... Uh, a debut shattered all the trial records for High Dive, delivering the most trials added in the streamer's history. The anime premiered in Japan on April 12th with a 90-minute first episode. High Dive is streaming the anime as it airs in Japan. Um, we called it. This is a huge get yeah. for High Dive. I am not um, shocked. I am not surprised at all that this is their biggest launch. Yeah, it, <laughs> so it, this is, um, I think, really cool because the story in and of itself, I think, is really cool and, like, kind of deserves to be called out. Like, I it, not that it'll have any trouble. <laughs> like, this is yeah. going to be the it show for the season, clearly. Um, it's n not spoilers, but, like, it... You know, it's huge and uh, good for High Dive. You know, they getting, you know, trials is the first step into getting subscriptions. So, yeah, I, I mean, think I... that uh, they're really making a serious play to step up uh, in the space that Funimation left. Yeah. And I think this is a huge step forward for that, because, I mean, they've had some fairly big um, shows in the past. Um, I feel like maybe Urusei Yatsura was kind of something they were hoping would would be like this uh, this level of a of a hit but it kind of i guess it, it fell flat with people who are not familiar with that you know particular uh ip um shadow of eminence did really well for them i think eminence and shadow yes eminence and shadow did do really well <laughs> eminence and shadow um, the but uh this was i think this is going to be the, what we'll look back on as the moment like high dive solidified it's it's kind of um it's ascension. It's, yeah, not a, yeah. It's play, taking a place in the in the the milieu, if you will. Um, yeah, and I think that's cool. I, I like the show. We're it gonna talk more about it. Walked across the but. room and slapped Crunchyroll in the face with a glove. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think that's good. Competition is good, especially because it, it tends to keep prices down. Um, and I like when prices are down. Yeah. Um, so good for you, High Dive. We like competition in the market. Yeah. Um, but you know, because I I can't have enough um, Oshinoko news. Uh, Yasubi's Idol, uh, the opening theme song for the television anime adaptation for uh, 
Oshinoko has reached over 600,000 plays on Spotify on Sunday, hitting and breaking its own record for most uh, plays per day in Japan. Uh, it is currently the number one song on the service in Japan. Idol has become the top music video played in the past week in Japan's YouTube charts with over 16 million views. It is also in YouTube's top 100 uh, global music video uh, list with over 37 million views. Um, it's a bumping song. Oh yeah, dude, this song goes so hard. <laughs> like it has no uh, business going this hard. Yeah, if you are not familiar with Yasubi, they did the opening for Witch of Mercury last uh, season, which was a banger. It's yeah, it's first half of it, um, which was one of the best songs that season. Uh, and I think this is one of the best songs this season. Not the best. There's one that I think tops it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, again, Oshinoko has the hype of being like this kind of reader's choice, um, you know, manga. It has this, uh, you know, OP to go along with it. We're going to talk more about it later, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of news surrounding it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. We are going to talk a ton about Oshinoko later. Um, but first, let's talk some very limited, we're not going to hit you with too many, um, but we got a couple show updates. Uh, and these were really just the, the the couple that like stuck out. The season just started, so there's not a ton. Um, but the first one w- that I saw was uh, Bartender Glass of God TV anime to premiere in April of 2024 uh, on Crunchyroll. Um bartender glass of god that is a hell of an anime title <laughs> yeah i mean i don't, I I don't know anything about this story but i saw a promotional image for it and i like i'm kind of hoping it's a bartending shonen yes uh i i think it'll be really cool yeah um so yeah uh and then there's like one other anime that had like one other image released um, and that's, uh, coming from Toei Animation, and it's a, uh, girls band cry, uh, original anime, and it looks like, uh, a, like, rock girls anime, and it looks pretty dope, like, pretty punk. Okay, I'm down for it. I'm down for, like, a so, punk version of, of, uh, Bochi the Rock. Yeah, like, Bochi the Punk. Bochi the fuck, Bochi the Punk, Yes! Let's yes. go. Oh my god. Put Million Bochi, dollar idea. Put Bochi in some <laughs> some fucking war leathers. Oh god. Oh my god. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, I'm happening. down. Alright, speaking of things that are happening, we're gonna kick it off with my news section this week with a little bit of Gundam news. What's this? Gundam! That's right, Best Buds. We're starting it off right. Um this week, we have some news that the life-size moving RX-78-2 Gundam statue at Gundam Factory Yokohama has picked up some new tricks. Uh, the Gundam is now capable of performing all the movements required to play rock, paper, scissors. Uh, to develop, Hell yeah. I know, right? To demonstrate its powers, the Gundam Factory Yokohama will hold a rock, paper, scissors tournament on May 5th. Um, Basically, what will happen is the Gundam will play against everyone in the crowd. As a special prize, those who remain standing at the end will be able to enter a nor- an area normally closed to the public for a commemorative photo. 
In addition, uh, from April 29th to May 7th, the facility plans to hold a rerun of the Gundam's Minovsky flight demonstration inspired by the Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway film. During the, second period, uh, during the same period, a kitchen car inspired by Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury will sell themed drinks like Mirin's tomato soda to visitors. The kitchen car is aptly named Gundarm Inc. Open Cafe. Um... Oh, God, I don't know if I want to drink anything from there. <laughs> I know, right? The uh, the 18 meter high life size moving Gundam held its grand opening for public viewing in December of 2020. And the facility will remain open to the public until March 31st, 2024. Um, and the main reason why I think this story is so interesting is because given the fact that it can do rock, paper, scissors now, I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Gundam can flip people off and they won't they won't admit it. They'll won't. They'll never admit it, but I know. <laughs> I know it, and it can probably also hang loose. If you if you can hack the Gundam and make it flip someone off, send me an email. I want to know. I want to know. I'll, I'll I'll reward you somehow. Um, I mean, yeah, I would like to see that. Anyway, and moving uh, moving away from legally actionable uh, requests. Um, for my second piece of news, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Bar Lemonheart is selling limited edition bottles of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid collaboration, oh god, Amahagen World Blend Whiskey. Uh, made by Japan's Nagahama Distillery, the label features an original drawing by Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid creator, Kul Kyoshinja. Um, the concept of this blend is as follows. Miss Kobayashi starts living together with Toru, a dragon she saved amid a drunken stupor. She is gradually surrounded by a group of unique friends who adore her, and this becomes a part of their everyday life. With this image in mind, wine, bar wine barrels, sherry casks, peat, and grain were combined together with various other elements to create a lively, fun, yet unified taste. Each bottle of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid Collaboration Amagon World Blend contains 700 milliliters of world blended whiskey with a 47% alcohol content and retails for 10,000 yen, which is about $74. Um, and man, what I wouldn't do to get my hands on a bottle of this stuff. Yo, you'd be breathing fire like a dragon after drinking that. <laughs> uh, um, you you want to edit it in a rim shot there? <laughs> um uh, yeah, that was a great joke yeah it was good uh, um i've seen the picture on the label it's actually quite uh it's quite cute um if i was in japan i would i would definitely get my hands on a couple bottles of these yeah uh it it does look really cute 74 dollars is a lot <laughs> i mean but for dan it's a kobayashi dragon made whiskey i know i would have trouble like drinking act that's not true I would I'm, drink it. I'm not going to lie i did look into trying to get some but the oh, website yeah. is all in japanese and the translation is no help and like based on the limited amount of japanese that i can read i don't think they ship to the united states <laughs> that would be a big ask yeah um i would listen if if they would ship to the u.s i would pay for it but I don't think and they do. I would drink some of it. And I, I don't know enough Japanese to ask. So, um, you know, if you're in Japan, go ahead and get some and, and let me know how it is. Um, but we're not going to dwell too much longer in our news section this week. We've got a lot to cover in the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Spring. 
It is spring 2023. The anime is here. <laughs> spring has indeed sprung. Spring has sprung. Uh, there, There is a lot of shows this season. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of new shows. There's a lot of old shows. Um, we are watching basically all of the new shows, bar a couple, I think, but... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they were going to make the list anyway. Um, and uh, we're we gonna rank are watching most of the returning shows, but there's a fair bit of returning shows that we haven't seen the first seasons of, so we're not going to be covering it all. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the returning shows we aren't watching, uh, and then we're going to jump on into our little top 10 list of the currently running shows in spring 2023 with some other little tidbits interspersed in between. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Best Boy Dan, you want to take us away with some returning shows that we are not watching? Yeah, so um, we are not caught up on Ranking of Kings in another world with my smartphone uh, too, which I, I kind of actually want to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um Kuma Kuma Bear uh, Punch uh, or Eden's uh, Zero Second Season. Yes, that's right. Um, and we are also not watching Birdie Wing Gr- Golf Girls Story Season 2, although I did recently see a screen cap of one of their episodes that involves a shotgun. Um, so now <laughs> I'm curious about this show again. Um, Dude, I'm telling you, I think it's like actually good. We got to catch up on it. Yeah. Um, but we are also not watching Mix Season 2, uh, Sorceress, Stabber, Orphan, Doom of Dragons Sanctuary, which we can all take a moment to appreciate that title. Um, Tokyo Mew Mew New 2, uh, second season, and Pokemon. Yeah, there's a whole new Pokemon out. Yep. There's, there's Ash, Ash is, is gone. gone. Ash is dead. Can we take a moment? Okay, so I don't even I don't even watch Pokemon, um, but even I came across this in my feed. Um, so Ash's mom didn't go to his championship thing, but Team Rocket was there. Yo, they What's up, basically Ash's raised mom? him. I know right? they spent more time with him than Ash's mom did. Ash's mom is at home living it up with Professor Oak and Mister Mime, whatever it is they do yeah. between them and God. And, you know, uh, Team Rocket out here really holding it down. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Good for you, Jesse and James. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about our first runner-up. So we got two runners-up this uh, season that didn't quite make the top ten list, but we felt were still worth talking about. Um, the first one is A Galaxy Next Door. Um, it airs on Crunchyroll on Saturdays, and it comes to us from Asahi Production, who did Dolls Frontline and Peach Boy Riverside. Uh, quick synopsis, ever since their father died, Ichiro Kuga has struggled to support his two younger siblings on nothing but a small inheritance and his passion for drawing manga. But it's becoming harder to keep up with his growing responsibilities and deadlines, especially after his last two assistants quit to follow their dreams. Just as he's nearing his breaking point, the beautiful and scarily competent Shiori Goshiki applies to become his new assistant. But there's something almost otherworldly about Goshiki, and as soon and soon Kuga finds his reality turned upside down when she suddenly declares them engaged to be married. Um, I really like this show. I did not think I was going <laughs> to like it as much as I did. Um, I've 
so far watched the first three episodes, and I think it's really cute. Yeah, um, it is interesting. It <laughs> it's a little bizarre because it is a little bizarre. Yes. Like, she's like falls asleep in the room in the first episode and he like is like oh my god she rolled over onto a pen and it's sticking out of her i need to help her and so he goes to touch it and then he's like ow and then he like trips balls (laughs) (laughs) like like he did a whole bunch of acid and she's like oh no you touched my spine and, like, he's shockingly cool with this. I mean, I feel like I, I can relate to that, though. Have you ever, like, stayed up way too long and you're just kind of, like, it, it, everything kind of feels like you're on a bunch of acid? Sure, but I don't think I would just hand wave someone having a spine. I don't know. I feel like you, your inhibitions are lower. some sort of neurotoxin. <laughs> <laughs> like... What is happening? I have a million questions. Yeah, but I mean... The first is, do I need to see a doctor? uh, Yes, you absolutely need to see a doctor. Um, But yeah, I like the show. It's cute. The story is is interesting and is keeping me engaged. Um, And, you know, it's not going to win anime of the year or anything, but I think it's worth worth keeping, you know, keeping an eye on. It it has, like, uh, Tonakawa kind of vibes to it. Yeah. Like, just in, in structure... Um, but like maybe not in the actual like feel of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's got like kind of a nice little like workplace thing going on in the mix of the like romance. But you know, it's it's not yeah, it's it's not winning romance of the year. But it, it it's definitely a cute one to check out if you're in the mood. Absolutely. Um, up next, we have my clueless first friend. This is on Crunchyrolls on Sundays and comes to us from Studio Signpost, who have not really done anything uh, before this. The synopsis goes as follows Akane Nishimura's quiet nature makes her classmates perceive her as a gloomy and unlikable person. Combined with her intimidating gaze, it earns Akane the ominous nickname Grim Reaper, condemning her to endless bullying for her supposed cursed powers that bring misfortune uh, to everyone around her. However, none of these rumors deter transfer student Tayo Takeda from trying to befriend Akane. As someone who finds the supernatural fascinating, Tayu approaches the Grim Reaper without hesitation, blissfully unaware of the complicated situation within uh, the class. His bright personality of optimistic worldview may just bring about the change that Akane desperately needs. Uh, I like to think of this as the, like, um, the positive version of another okay <laughs> right <laughs> like you know the whole deal with another is like the curse comes if you like uh you know talk to the person who no one in the class talks to yeah and this is like the story of the like no but like you should really talk to that person because curses don't exist <laughs> yeah no this this show is really good uh, I, I read the manga so i'm familiar with the story um 
I'm always I'm always interested by when the the localization is very different from the literal translated title. Um, and in this case, it is the localization is my clueless first friend. The literal translation of the Japanese title is the clueless transfer student is assertive. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what necessarily that means for the difference between those two, but I thought it was interesting. Um, as far as the show is concerned, um, I really like the story. Um, and it's basically a kind of it's a message about. Um, you know, uh, bullying and, you know, ostracization and things like that. Uh, it kind of tells the, the message that only it only takes one person to intervene and stop, you know, this kind of this this cycle of bullying. Um, and I really like that about this this show. And I think it's worth watching. Uh, it's it's really cute. And it, it kind of it doesn't oh, have a super I didn't hard realize game. that it was it was a a sad story. I mean, it, they stopped the bullying. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. I know they stopped the bullying. Oh, um, no, but it's I a, like it's when just the a, kids get bullied. <laughs> it, it's just a cute little fun story with a nice message, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, no, it's 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 really adorable. Um, I love the energy um, the kid brings. Uh, oh Tino. yeah. I love how all of his shirts and clothes have like they have a mustache on them, and they say ohige, which I think also means mustache in Japanese. I'm not sure, uh, but that's actually that's a calling card of the the mangaka of this show. He puts that in all of his different manga. Um, oh, cute! Yeah, so that's pretty fun. Oh, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but moving on, we're gonna start with uh, we'll start off with our rank uh, list with number ten. Uh, and number 10 uh, for this season goes to Mashal, Magic and Muscles, uh, which is airing on Crunchyroll on Fridays. It comes to us from A1 Pictures, who did a couple shows you might have heard of. Uh, shows like Sword Art Online, Your Lion April, Fairy Tale, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, and Darling in the Franks. Um, Mashal, uh, the synopsis goes as such. To everyone else in his magic-dominated world, the young and powerless Mash Burndead, awesome name, uh, 10 out of 10 on that, is a threat to the gene pool and must be purged. Not super happy about that. Living secretly in the forest, <laughs> he spends his every day training his body, building muscles strong enough to compete with magic itself. However, upon having his identity exposed and his peaceful life threatened, Mash begins his journey to becoming a divine visionary, a role so powerful that society would have no choice but to accept his existence. And so, in order to maintain his peaceful life, the magicless Mash enrolls in the prestigious Easton Magic Academy, competing against the children of some of the most powerful and elite in the realm. Lacking the very skill needed to survive at Easton Magic uh, magic mash appears to already be at a disadvantage to his fellow classmates in order to achieve his goals mash will have to fight his way through every trial using his fists alone overcoming magic with muscles all for the illustrious title of divine visionary um and wow this show really kind of i i knew the basic story beats about it um, I thought it was kind of like One Punch Man meets like a Magic Academy show. Uh, I didn't realize there was like an ethnic cleansing element to it until I watched the first episode. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Like, like, and it escalates so fast. It's like... All you the, don't like a, a little light eugenics with I your mean, uh, shonen? I would say I'm not a fan of eugenics in general, but like... I just wasn't expecting it to go that way because, like, at first it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they live in the forest because he doesn't have magic. Like, that's fine. 
um, you know, I guess society is going to be mean to him because he doesn't have magic. And then it's like, oh, no, society is going to purge him uh, from the gene pool because he doesn't have magic. I was like, this, this is a way different show now. Um, but, I, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. The art style no, is I, different. I I really enjoy this show. Um, MASH has, like, a very... Uh, like one punch man um yeah uh mob psycho 100 kind of energy to him which is not always my favorite in a character um but i think that the comedy that they do with him uh is really great yeah absolutely um, he's like he's very much the like prototypical like shonen protagonist um yeah i mean he has that kind of I, dry aloof kind of doesn't always know what's going on kind of energy yeah he loves cream puffs like i love how how much cream puffs um play into this Uh um but yeah and it's great and i love the whole idea of him just being like so strong that it just like essentially like it doesn't even matter yeah um in this world and i think they do a, a good job of making that interesting in the context of the world i agree uh yeah definitely keep your eye on this show especially if this is your kind of your jam your kind of mob psycho um one punch man kind of deal yeah um and with that uh now we get to talk uh very briefly we're gonna keep it brief because uh you know the barrier of entry to these shows are really high the returning shows uh that we are watching this season yes um and we're just you know we're just gonna talk about them a little bit because they're just like they're so juicy and we have to um <laughs> demon slayer swordsmith uh village arc how far are you best boy I, justin i have watched the first two episodes okay you haven't watched the third one i don't believe so no Okay, you got to watch the third one. Ish is going down. Oh, yeah. I'm just super excited because yeah. I, I remember originally they had said they were not going to do the very famous slash infamous hot uh, hot spring scene with the yeah. the Hashira. And then they did. And I was like, yes, this is I think I think I texted you and Mike immediately that <laughs> <laughs> that own, that hot spring scenes are proof that we bask in the light of a loving God or something like. I was being really extra about it, but um, <laughs> uh, I love this show. I'm so glad it's back, um, and it's it's. It, I think this the intro to this season is is distinct enough from the previous seasons that it, it feels fresh. Um, and I think part of the reason is because they are really leaning into the comedy uh, for these first couple episodes that I've seen so far. And the comedy works for me. It's it's funny. Oh, yeah. You know, looking back at Demon Slayer, though, that has always been a strong suit of it. Is, Absolutely. Uh, those kinds of like moments where it's outside of the action. Um, but it... Oh, man. This show just... It always fires on... Um, on like every level uh and i'm just excited to have it back because you know when it when i saw that it was in the rotation this season i knew it was like there is a show that i can rely on week to week to be excellent absolutely um and speaking of shows that we can rely on week to week to be excellent um we have mobile suit gundam the witch from mercury season two 
Uh, it's airing Crunchyroll uh, on Sundays. Comes to us from Sunrise, who did uh, Code Geass, Cowboy Bebop, Kintama. You know them. Um, and man, this show still so perfect. N- no notes. It's um, it's really hitting every kind of story beat that it 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 it, it needs to to remain interesting and relevant. Um, and it, the escalation of the um, the stakes in this show kind of moves at a pace that feels, um, what's the word for it? it? It feels natural, you know. Yeah, I just I kind of want to know what we're building to because like there's just there's so much going on. Yeah, that I'm like, what what's? I know we haven't even gotten to like the main big story yet. Like, what's it gonna be? I feel like that's kind of the, the 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 one of the strong points of this show, though, is that it gives you it gives you world building that makes you want to know more. You know, it it kind of it's like every time you add something new to the world, it opens possibilities. It makes you wonder, even you know, where, oh, what does this mean for for all of the other things that we already knew? Um, and when you have a show like this, where it's like a kind of sci-fi intrigue um you know it, it, based around these kind of shadowy corporations each with their own uh separate motivations and goals i think that's kind of how you want to write a story like that and i think they're really doing a great job um yeah and also i kind of one of the things i did really want to talk about with suleta is i really appreciate the way they kind of are presenting her character uh, and its and her growth, or which I put in quotation marks because it's not actually growth, um, where she's kind of pretending to be handling things really well uh, at first, and she's like actually not. Like she's kind of a bit of a a, a mess uh, inside, but she's like she's trying to put on a, a brave face about everything. And I think the way they're having her act and move and develop around that is is really well done. Yeah, um, it's a great show. Uh, Gundam is back, baby. It's back, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tonikawa, uh, Over the Moon for You is also back with season two. Crunchyroll on Fridays uh, from Seven Arcs, who did Blue Period and Sekirei. Uh and this show is also airing with dub day and date. Uh, which is pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to watch the dub of it, it's it's decent. Um, there there were a couple. I watched the most recent one uh, today while I ate before we recorded, uh, and there were a couple uh, voice acting choices in there that were not the best. But um, this is just the coziest, most adorable couple show out there romance show absolutely i am over the moon for this show um i was so excited when it came back um and i'm excited to continue watching it i've actually i i love this show so much that i i started reading the manga before the the original season came out and i like the show so much i stopped reading the manga because i want to watch it on the show that's fair yeah it's it's definitely worth watching um yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Ancient Magus Bride season two, airing on Crunchyrolls, uh, coming to us on Thursdays from Studio Kafka. Um, they are actually the new uh, animators of this show, which was uh, previously animated by Wit. Um, and 
which is not the most encouraging. Yeah, I I gotta say, you know, I'm excited that the show's back. Um, I'm not fully caught up on it yet, and I will say that just from what I've noticed from initially watching it, the animation is not quite on the same level as it was um, when it was animated by Wit. Um, no, for sure. I'm I'm caught up with it, and it's it's noticeable. Um, yeah. We're hoping that it they're just saving up for like the moments. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> this show is kind of about those like big magical moments. So I, I hope that they are just using their budget wisely. Yeah, one can only hope. And the last returning show that we are going to discuss with y'all is Dr. Stone New World, which is on Crunchyroll on Thursdays from TMS Entertainment, who did Fruits Basket, uh, Nagatoro, Megalobox, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and ah, uh, another one I'm super excited to have back. Uh, Dr. Stone is just a really dope shonen. It's, you know, not about fights. It's about science and puzzle solving and, uh, you know, all that sorts of stuff. Um, so very much uh, worth checking out. I think this is like the perfect anime for uh, young boys out there. Absolutely. And young boys at heart young boys at heart love this show uh, i think it's it's good for for everybody everybody should watch this yeah agreed <laughs> um and i'm glad it's back um but moving on we're gonna head back into our our, our ranking here um we're gonna pick it back up with number nine uh which goes to yuri is my job uh streaming on crunchyroll airing on thursdays comes to us from passion uh who did isekai reviewers you might uh, be familiar with that <laughs> harem labyrinth in another world and miruko chan <laughs> Um, they're also work- which this show is is not like any of those. <laughs> yeah, no, this is very different. Um, and they are working with Studio Lings, who did Love to Lie, uh, Love to Lie Angle. I'm not familiar with that. Um, <laughs> I it, it's literally the only thing they had done other than this show. Okay, um, but it's I think it's supposed to be like Triangle. Um, Love to lie angle. Eh, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the synopsis for this show is as follows. Uh, life appears promising for Hime Shiraki, a girl with good grades, a flawless reputation, and a cute face to top it all off. As long as she can keep up her picture-perfect facade, she will be able to accomplish her dream, to be loved by everyone and become the trophy wife of a billionaire. Uh, on a day like any other, Hime slips down a flight of stairs and lands on top of Mai Mikoshiba, injuring the latter's arm. It turns out that Mai is the manager of a cafe, and the injury will make work impossible for her. It is decided that while Mai recovers, Hime will have to replace Mai at Cafe Lieb, which boasts an all-girls academy theme. Despite causing Mai's injury, Hime is accepted by the other staff members, uh, with the exception of one girl who seems to hate her for reasons unknown. Hime becomes terrified that this girl has seen past her facade, which reminds her of a troubling event in her past. Um... This show has an interesting, um, a pretty interesting story. Uh, I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but it is interesting enough for me to be to, to continue watching it. Yeah, it, I, I actually kind of really enjoy this one. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I did not think this would be up my alley. Um, 
But you'd, you'd be surprised it, what we could fit up there. Yeah, right. Um, but it, it's an interesting take on the genre. Um, I love how they, I love the concept of them being in this like, you know, host club in this like rich all girls school. Yeah. Um, and so they have to like balance, you know, acting that out and all that. But the I think the one frustrating thing is like a lot of the issues in this show could be solved by just like explaining the situation to the main character rather than the, just thrusting her into you know yeah. all the goings on that was one of the <laughs> things that kind of put me off about it at first it's kind of a somewhat huge plot hole but um i'm willing to look past it because it is very funny um yeah it does make me wonder if places like this actually exist in japan like it's it's kind of like what if somebody was like made cafe i like made cafes but i need them to have a story like, my well, main cafe I mean, doesn't have a plot, you know? <laughs> you know, I kind of figure it's, it's like, you know, people's stories. You know, every day they go for lunch and they're like, oh, you know, what's the hot goss today? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there's at least one place in Japan like this because they, they didn't come up with this idea out of thin air. But, like, I'm, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting concept to me. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think uh, you know we've we've got something uh, we've got something to keep an eye on with this show here. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have uh, the dangers in my heart, which is another high dive exclusive. Uh, this one's airing on Saturdays. It's done by Shin Eye Animation, who did Teasing Master Takagi-san, uh, those Snow White notes. Which oh man, remember how good that OP was? That OP was fire. That was so good. Uh, and Doraemon. Um, the synopsis goes as following. Kyotaro Ichikawa may look like your average middle school student, but in his heart he dreams of murder. Thus it is to no surprise that the one he wants to kill the most is never far off from his mind. The class idol, Ana Yamada. Reading alone in his beloved school library, he inadvertently begins to rendezvous with Yamada, who comes to secretly gorge on her beloved candies and sweets. Through their interactions, Ichikawa discovers just how much of a ditz Yamada is, and can't help but support her from the sidelines. Meanwhile, Yamada herself can't help but tease Ichikawa relentlessly due to his flustered reactions. With an array of heartwarming daily interactions, the distant bond between these two grows somewhat more than just library acquaintances. Perhaps in time, Ichikawa will come to realize his murderous desires have turned into something else entirely. Yeah. Um, I love this show. I've, I read the manga for it, and I'm really excited that it's uh, it's it's being animated. I enjoy it. I'm not as bullish on it as you. Um, it, for me, like I was a little put off by. I mean, it, it, I think this is a good time to talk about it. There's definitely some Chunibio going on here. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and initially watching it i was definitely put off by that um the the kind of protagonist character is very cringe um and like you know the the whole him wanting to like murder her thing is is due to him having feelings and not understanding what they are and the only kind of box he understands to fit them in is like 
oh, I can't stop thinking about her. I I must want to like murder her. I'm I'm I must be this dark edge lord person. And you know, he tries to adapt this personality that's not really him. Um, so it, it it's it is an interesting character piece, uh, and definitely would recommend checking out. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I, I do like about this show, actually, is that it kind of, um, it explores this kid that we all kind of, that we all knew this kid in, in middle school and high school, right? This kid who just kind of is unnecessarily edgy, he's kind of weird, he means well, um, but is just kind of... I think of, we're a lot more afraid of those kids today in school. Yeah, well, I think that's why it's it's better to examine this from the lens of, like, a Japanese society than the one that we live in. That's um, fair. <laughs> necessarily. Um, because it, 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 allows, it allows for exploring kind of why and how those, those, um, this kind of feeling exists. And, like, w- the, the idea that it is possible for you to to kind of grow out of it, you know, which we get, you know, not, not, not a spoiler or anything. It's just, I, I've read the manga, so I know where the story goes. Um, we do get to watch him kind of grow out of that without like kind of being forced to adapt into someone that society quote unquote accepts. Like he still manages to, he maintains his own unique kind of style and, and demeanor, but he does so while also losing this kind of, this Chunibio, this kind of edgelord uh, thing that he is kind of forcing on himself. Yeah. So, um, uh, all in all, uh, a good story. Worth checking out. Absolutely. And good the animation. art is great, too. Very I, cute. I love the eyes. Um, yeah, I, I like her. She's also very entertaining. She is. Um Moving on, uh, number eight, uh, number seven on our list it goes to Otaku Elf, which is also on High Dive. It comes to us on Fridays uh, from C2C, who did Reincarnated as a Sword, which, God damn, you absolutely need to watch that show. Um, Harukana Receive and Handyman Saito in Another World. Uh, the story follows Koito Kogane, uh, Kogane, who works as the teenage shrine maiden at the Takamimi Shrine, catering to the whims of its resident. A centuries-old elf who loves video games as much as she hates going outside. Line up your offerings for the otaku elf. Some energy drinks, chips, and video games will do nicely. And watch her new friends scramble to keep up. Um, <clears throat> this show kind of snuck up on me. Um, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it very much. Um, I thought it was just going to be your typical, oh, this is a show about a weird, like, about a shut-in who who learns that going outside is fun. Um but it actually kind of has more going on to it than than initially meets the eye. Yeah, I I just kind of like the elf in it. I, I think that's yeah, she's, honestly my favorite part of the show. She's just so like adorably like shy. Yeah. <laughs> um and like I just want her to have video games and delicious food. Don't we want that? Have to interact with too many people. Don't we want that for all of us? Um, <laughs> but yeah, Otaku Elf is great. I think one of the one of the things that this show was also really good at is um, drawing faces. I, the faces on this in this show really stick out to me, um, and I, I really appreciate it for that. Uh, also, the um, the food looks yummy. 
Oh, yeah. They do a really good job with all of that. I, I think the show is, is like, a very nice, like, easy watch. Like, if you just want to, like, chill and have some good vibes. Yeah. Um, Turn your brain off for a couple a, minutes. This is a good one for that. Absolutely. Would recommend on that route. Um, though, on a, on a very different note, we yes. are now entering into another little segment we have. Uh, and I want to discuss something that I like to refer to as the harem spectrum. Oh my. Dun dun dun. For some reason, I, I picture uh, Twilight Zone music going on right now. Now, uh, these uh, shows have no place on the top ten list this season. Um, and that's uh, Rokudo's Bad Girls and uh, Cafe uh, Terrace and its Goddesses. Um, and uh, th- they both are on Crunchyroll. They both air on Fridays. Um, and they're both harems. They handle it in very different ways. Um, and I, I think they just kind of show what you can have at both ends of the spectrum. So, have you watched both of these yet, Best Boy Justin? I haven't watched either of these. So, Best Boy Dan, the harem spectrum is all yours. Great. So, uh, I think if you want to watch a harem show, you can take a fork at the road this season. You can go with something like Rokudo's Bad Girls, which the basic premise of it is, like, you have this guy... He's at a high school full of delinquents. He's, like, getting bullied all the time. Um, And he, like, just, like, all he has is these two other friends who are also losers. Um, And he gets this, like, package from his grandfather that, like, suddenly starts this, like, magic and a pentagram appears on his forehead. And, like, all of a sudden, all the, like, delinquent girls at school start falling in love with him. Um, and it's like, it's like all the situations where like, you know, some delinquent guy comes up and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to like kick the shit out of you. Well, he's got like the girl on, uh, his arm. And meanwhile, she's like, Hey, leave him alone. And then like, we'll like punch her boyfriend. Cause she's in love with him now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, he also uh, turns uh, Rana Himawara, uh, who is like the like king top uh, delinquent girl at the school. Um, like no one can defeat her. Uh, so it, it, it all the women are interested in him. It's super problematic. It follows all of the things that are in a harem anime. Um, but it's not thirsty. Interesting. Okay. It's, you know, it's about fights and it's like, it's very like kind of, uh, nineties after school type thing so far uh-huh. with the first three episodes, this could all very much change yeah. <laughs> at some point. Um, but I was kind of taken aback by that cause I haven't seen a harem like that in a while. Cause this is definitely a harem. Like he is just like getting a following of these like um you know tough women behind him yeah um but you know they're you know just fighting each other so far 
so far so good. Uh, yeah. So uh, you have that. Meanwhile, on the other hand, hand you have uh, the cafe uh, Terrace and its goddesses. Uh, which comes to us from Tezuka Productions, who have given us things like Dororo and Quintessential Quintuplets, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Um, so safe to say is... they're not new to the harem genre. <laughs> no, well, Dororo's like very not harem. But the last um, two are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, like, the student's grandmother passes away and he gets her uh, cafe and house out of the deal and she's like taking in a bunch of like stray girls who basically need a place to live and they all work in her uh cafe and are like a family together but like no one's been keeping the books well so it's like going under and he's like oh, i'm gonna kick you all out and uh like sell the place and they're like no you're not we'll convince you not to and so then they do a bunch of Haramiechi stuff to prevent that and uh he ultimately ends up deciding to keep the place and letting everyone stay and keep the business running and trying to make it lucrative because he's a big smart guy who went to tokyo u hmm. um <laughs> so and and this one is just like you know tna all over the place right it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum it is exactly what you expect when I say harem anime. It's like, hey, I you want to come stay with me? You got to live in my house and, and work for me and I won't kick you out on the street. And we're going to get into all these crazy situations where I walk in on you in the bath. <laughs> of course, because it is a harem show at the end of it. Yeah, so so that's that's the harem spectrum as represented by Rokudo's Bad Girls and the Cafe Terrace and its goddesses. No judgment to those out there for either who want to watch it. Um, I would actually recommend checking out Rokudo's Bad Girls. It didn't make this list, but it's it's an interesting little piece. Um, it's a fun show, I think. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, if you want um, boobs, check out uh, Terrace and its goddesses. There's something for everybody. Um, yeah. And uh, speaking of something for everybody, uh, we're going to roll back into our uh, top 10 list with the number six anime that we have for spring 2023. And that uh, that honor goes to Skip and Loafer, uh, which is streaming on Crunchyroll on Tuesdays. Comes to us from PA Works, who did Angel Beats, another Akiba Made War, Ya Boy Kong Ming, and The Aquatope on White Sand. Um, I'm actually reading, I'm reading the manga for this one, so I'm excited to see this one coming to screen as well. Uh, synopsis is as follows. In order to pursue... Oh, you've read Skip and Loafer? Yeah, I'm reading Skip and Loafer. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great, it's a really great uh, story. Um, in order to pursue her dream of uh, bringing positive changes to Japan... Mitsumi Iwakura leaves her countryside town to attend a prestigious high school in the hustle and bustle of Tokyo. As she has already mapped a clear life plan, she has absolute confidence that there will be zero mishaps from then onwards. Despite her ambitious promise, the country girl ends up running late on the first day when she gets lost on her way to school. Fortunately, she meets a fellow first-year student, Sosuke Shima, who is in the same situation and offers to go with her. They eventually make it to school, but the misfortunes do not end there as Mitsumi leaves an unfavorable first impression in front of her classmates. 
Nevertheless, the class soon takes notice of her friendship with Sosuke despite their opposing personalities. Only time will tell whether Mitsumi will be able to forge fruitful relationships with her classmates, and she will certainly not be alone. Um, I really enjoy this uh, this story. Um, the characters in it are really great. It's very funny at times. Um, but one of the things that I think is the most interesting about it is at its core, the story of Skip and Loafer um, is about the faces that we present to the world. So it's kind of like um, it's peeling back the the layers of the kind of, you know, everybody puts on a, a facade of some sort or puts on a front um, for, the, for, the, for the public world. And this show kind of examines the ways in which people do that, in which they that affects their lives uh, and the way that they interact with the people around them. Um, I also like that, you know, the, the, the relationships in this show don't tend to follow uh, the traditional trajectory that you would see out of a, out of a story like this. Um, it deals with, um, you know, different uh, things surrounding like worth and self-respect and, um, you know, priorities. And I think that uh, a lot of people who are into the kind of rom-com slice of life genre are going to find something very unique in this show uh, that you don't really get anywhere else. That's interesting to hear because definitely having not read it while watching it, there's a few moments here and there that kind of break from the initial kind of lightheartedness of it. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, there's something a little bit deeper going on here. Yes, there absolutely um, is. And uh, I, I just, I I think the thing that I really loved about this show and the thing that kind of caught me off guard, because I, I had almost completely written the show off, um, <laughs> and then I started watching it, and it's just, it's so well written. Like, mm -hmm. the characters have a realness to them um that you don't get and it, and it's it's like a slightly embellished realness too right like they are a little bit bigger than normal um but it is to kind of uh, highlight themselves um it, it, just really good character work absolutely um yeah and that is definitely the strong point of this story um I can say for sure after having read the manga, um, each each of the the kind of the the characters in the forefront are going to get some interesting um, arcs. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on this one, especially if you're into like a really good character study, or you just want you want to have like a, a slice of life rom com um, that is got something different going on than your normal everyday fare. Getting into the top five, we come upon. Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world. Konosuba! Uh, which, yay! <laughs> yay, I'm so excited Konosuba's back! Me too, I'm really, really happy. Uh, or Konosuba is always better, Konosuba. Absolutely. Um, this is on Crunchyrolls on Wednesdays from uh, Studio Drive, who did... Uh, to Your Eternity Season 2, Uzumaki, and uh, are going to be doing Konosuba, God's Blessing on This Wonderful World Season 3. Um, so no more of the original uh, 
studio but um so far i don't think that's been a bad thing i've really been enjoying it um yeah the synopsis is the crimson magic clan members megumin and union uh, (laughs) at the top of their class uh but they still have a lot to learn union began uh learning advanced magic but megumin has gone down a different path the path of explosion magic Despite being warned of its limited usefulness, Megumin believes explosion magic is the way for her to become the great voluptuous wizard. Otherwise, uh, she won't be convinced. Uh, oh, and she won't be convinced otherwise. Um, that's how to English. Um, that's how to yeah, English. This, this is like a prequel to um, Konosuba, uh, God's Blessing on This Wonderful World. So um, we're counting it. Yep. Uh, as a new show, uh, fight us. Um, it's so good. I I like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Megumin stan, like a lot of people out there. Um, I like her fine. I don't think she's like, you know, as amazing as, as, uh, the internet does, but I will say I have been pleasantly surprised by how good this, uh, show has been. Um, it's just hitting all of what I wanted from a Konosuba spinoff. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people online kind of complaining like, oh, I don't want a spinoff, I don't want a prequel, I want more Konosuba. But I think you will be surprised at how much Konosuba this is. Like, like obviously, you know, Kazuma and Darkness, they're not there. Um, but like, this story is very much at its core. It is Konosuba. Like it is, it, it's funny. It's irreverent. It's it's silly. Um, it's got everything that you want out of a season of Konosuba. It just happens to be focused around Megumin uh, and Union, um, and I think I really enjoy it. Like it, obviously, I you know, it's not going to be. I'm, I would never say that I. I enjoy mean, of it course more. you would. Why you are are a member of the Soviet Union? I am a member. I do serve the Soviet Union. Um, but no, I just like you know, I'm not going to say it's better than the the standard konosuba series obviously it's not but like it is good and it has its its part in the in the in the show um and so far i'm really enjoying it it's it's got everything that i've wanted it to have um, and i appreciate them for doing that yeah um worth checking out even if you haven't seen konosuba watch it uh you it might make you want to watch konosuba yeah maybe this will be your entry point um Moving on, we have punching in at number four on our top ten list for spring 2023. We have another one that I've been reading the manga for. This is really good. This is really good for specifically manga reading Best Boy Justin this season. Um, And that is Insomniacs After School, which is airing on High Dive on Mondays. Comes to us from Linden Films, who did Tokyo Revengers, Call of the Night, and Hanebado. Um, Show uh, follows uh, the story as such. It all started with the death of uh, one of the Astronomy Club's members. From this, the rumored ghost of the club came to life. Grumpy insomniac Ganta Nakami stumbles across the moderately rebellious yet easygoing Isaki Magari in the Astronomy Club's abandoned observatory. Magari is jolted awake and tries to escape from the scene, only to have a broken door prevent that, forcing the two inside. The two forge an unlikely friendship, leading them to use the, ob- uh, the observatory as a safe space for them to interact. Uh, Insomniacs After School follows the Insomniacs Nakami and Magari's time in the Starlet Observatory as they help each other cope with insomnia and the lasting effects it has on student life. Um, 
Yeah, so I really, uh, I really like this uh, this show. Obviously, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the manga. Um, I think that uh, some of the things to look out for, as far as what the show does really well, um, are going to be the uh, the nighttime landscape uh, uh, art, and as well as the the animation uh, and color work. I think is done spectacularly. Uh, but of course, there is also the story. Um, which I, I, as somebody who, as somebody who has struggled with sleep for most of my adult life, um, I think it definitely hits home for me pretty well. Um, and uh, one of the things I did want to address really quick, because it might not be immediately um, apparent to some people who watch it, um, there is a, a moment where they kind of they're talking about having insomnia, where they're discussing it and like. Um, at one point, Nakami talks about how I can't tell my parents. I can't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. Right. And that kind of seems odd. Right. Because, you know, here in the United States, in the West, you know, we talk about how it's hard to sleep pretty openly. We, you know, I tell you all the time, ah, I can't sleep. I have insomnia. It sucks. Um, but in Japan, uh, insomnia is viewed as a mental illness. And mental illness is very highly stigmatized in Japan. Um, so especially for like a high school aged um, child, it, it would be the kind of thing that they would not want to people to know. They wouldn't want to tell their parents um, because their parents might, you know, look upon them unfavorably. They wouldn't want their peers to know. Um, it would be it's it would be treated with the same kind of stigma um, that the that other forms of mental illness are uh, in Japan. Um, so I did wanted to clear that up for people who might be a little confused by that. Yeah, I think a good uh, perspective to give on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as somebody who hasn't read the manga, what are your thoughts on it, Best Boy Dan? Uh, I really enjoy this show. Um, I think that their uh, chemistry is really good. Um, I love the kind of that moment of realness they have with the teacher. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm really kind of excited to see where it goes. Um, there are a lot of romance shows this season to pick from, and there's a reason this one's so high up on our list. Um, not number one. Got beat out by one other one. But it's up there. Um, but it's up there. Uh, and. and Best I Boy Dan, there is... And I can't wait to see more. There is another character in this show that I think you're going to really enjoy. Um, we haven't introduced them yet, but they are coming. Um, okay. So, yeah, keep an eye out. I think there's another character that's going to be right up your alley. Um, Excellent. But, yeah. Um, but you know what's not up my alley? What's not in your alley, Dan? <laughs> A couple of shows I have some bones to pick with. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, up first, I want to discuss, I got uh, Cheat Skill in Another World and became Unrivaled in the Real World 2. Um, basically, like, this guy, like, is always bullied, he's, like, overweight, uh, he discovers that, uh, basically, like, a Narnia closet huh. that leads to another world. That's like just full of like all these like super over leveled weapons. And he's in this like cottage that has a um, force field around it. 
So, like, all these, like, high-level monsters come up to the fence, and he can just, like, reach over and, like, stab them with, like, the super high-level swords. And he gets, like, a ton of experience points from it, because, you know, always have to have a way to become overpowered in these uh, sorts of things. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, uh, that I don't really have a problem with. Like, it can be, you know... Fine, it could be bad, it could be whatever. Uh, the big issue I take with this show is that he then wakes up and is, like, totally ripped the next day. He goes from being fat to being ripped. And this, in and of itself, again, is not great. It's anime. I would expect something like that. It becomes central to the plot of the show. And that's where it starts to really become an issue. Right. Um, this is this gets really irresponsible, especially in a generation that's also being influenced by the likes of like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson. Um, males are have body issues the same way that women do, and this show goes out of its way to show how much his life changes when he loses weight and becomes like good looking. And, and the thing that I think becomes most egregious is at least with the third episode, it left off with like showing how, uh, Oh, it can be a burden to be so beautiful because like, you know, it's inviting like, you know, mischief in because you're so beautiful and it's like oh it's so hard to be you know beautiful and not just like what is important about being a person and i don't know it just it it was an interesting concept of a show and then it went down a really bad path with a really bad message and it really upset me (laughs) so i i had to call it out yeah, no, I think that's. I think it's good to call it out. I mean, you know, we 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 deal with um, anime, you know, not positively dealing with body image a lot, um, and it is, you know, it it is there is a a high degree to which that is um, directed at women, um, but you know, it's important to note that yes, this is this stuff is also, um, you know directed at men as well not always necessarily in this um this egregious of a manner but it is out there um i think taking a moment to to call it out is 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 a good thing um also um i wish andrew tate was back in jail that's the other thing i'll say (laughs) yeah i will agree with that it's just like if if for no other reason than that his jailhouse tweets were wildly unhinged no um it's just you know it's wild uh nowadays like an anime does a really bad job of it and we you know we do mention it with regards to women but like it is a thing about men like no one looks like a dragon ball z character in life um and is healthy (laughs) right like (laughs) these are not healthy bodies superhero bodies are not healthy bodies absolutely um so uh, that's that's my soapbox. That's kind of enough on that front. I also want to yell at Disney some more. Let's yell uh, at Disney. About Heavenly Delusion. Bring me the mouse. <laughs> uh, which uh, is supposedly airing on Disney Plus, though supposedly in the United States is airing on Hulu. Um, but I haven't been able to find it on either. Uh, supposedly it's done by Production IG. 
Uh, they did Attack on Titan, Haikyuu, Psychopaths, Finland Saga, a whole bunch of really good stuff. Uh, and apparently the OP is really good too, but I don't know because I haven't seen it. What is going on, Disney? Yeah, this is this is a huge bummer because I, you know, from everything that I've seen from the trailers, um, the promotional art, the the synopsis of this show, um, I this show seems like it would be really really cool from people who are who have managed to find it through other means. Um, they have you know said that it is a fantastic show, uh, but we'll, we won't know until Disney decides it's okay for us to watch it. Um, and that's a huge I, bummer. Like, Disney keeps getting their hands on these like huge seasonal anime hits and then just totally excluding the United States market. And yeah. I do not understand. And like they release what. it they when they do finally release it they just do so with so little fanfare. They don't make any announcements. It just shows up on Hulu one day in the middle of a season when nobody is even thinking about it anymore. Yo, if I were running Disney Plus, I would say boom anime section let's throw some shows in there let's start an anime like corner of disney plus yeah but alas you do not run disney nor i um so we get yeah. stuck with stuff in disney jail um but you know what's not stuck in disney jail best boy dan what's that that is the number three we're in the top three of our top 10 anime of spring 2023 uh, and that honor goes to my love story with Yamada-kun at level 999. Again, another show that I've been reading the manga for, and I'm happy to see it come to the screen. Um, this is the best season for manga readers like me. Um, but it is uh, it is streaming on Crunchyroll uh, on Saturday. It comes to us from a little studio you might have heard of called Madhouse, who of course did Death Note, One Punch Man, Hunter Hunter, No Game, No Life, Overlord, among many others. Uh, after, I've never heard of any of those. No, those are brand new. Um, after her boyfriend breaks up with her for another girl, college student Akane Kinoshita um, wrestles with a broken heart and the memories he left behind. Loading up Forest of Savior, the MMO they used to play together, she forms a plan to get back at her ex-boyfriend through an in-person event for the game. In the process, she runs into someone unexpected, Akito Yamada, a gaming legend who just happens to be her guildmate. Desperate for support, Akane ropes the asocial Yamada into helping her scheme and uh, helping her scheme and lending her a shoulder to cry on. The differences between Akane and Yamada soon become apparent as they spend time together, yet they cannot help but notice each other's inner qualities. As the two gain more experience with one another in and out of the game, their tentative acquaintance may level up in a way neither expects. Um and I really love this show. This show is is going to be a hit for for anybody who really enjoys shows like Wotakoi or maybe some of the more some of the sillier Jose shows out there. Um, and I'm really happy to see a, a, a Jose um, like this one kind of get the the attention and the treatment that it it deserves. Um, she is deeply unhinged. She I'm is here for it. She's so crazy. <laughs> she's like she she's so relatable and so human though in 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 her in her craziness that you just kind of you can't help but to root for her in a, in a in a way where she's like that. Like I'm sorry, but everyone who has had a nasty breakup like that has had that like moment where yeah. they're like 
where they're just like a little like crazy and they're like, oh, God, I'm like so cringe. <laughs> and I think we we also not only we do we all have that kind of experience, but also we have the experience of the friend who has to listen to her and all of her complaining about her ex-boyfriend and who's like is you can tell like like has sympathy for her, but is also mildly annoyed with her. We have all simultaneously <laughs> been on both sides of that of that dynamic. Um, and I think they're both presented in a really funny and interesting way. Yeah. Now this this one really surprised me because um, I didn't know anything about it, uh, and so I like watched the first episode. And I'm like, man, this girl's crazy. And then it had that like twist at the end, and I was like, oh my god, I have to keep watching this show. <laughs> one of the things I really it really loved, got me. One of the things I really loved about this show, uh, about the manga that they handled really well in the adaptation, is the the difference between the real world art style and the art style for when they're in game. Um, I think is handled really well, and I really enjoy that kind of duality that the show has. Yeah, I love uh, Yamada's avatar. <laughs> oh, with the afro, yeah, super cool. Um, <laughs> it's great. All of my online so characters will suits have afros too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is—I mean, this is the romance to watch this season, and I'm always here for a romance uh, with adults. Absolutely, yeah. Some something more adult oriented. We don't see it terribly often. I'm glad we have it this season. Um, so something to keep an eye on. And that brings us to our penultimate anime, Hell's Paradise. Yay! On Crunchyroll. <laughs> Saturdays uh, from Studio Mappa, who, you know, they did Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, Yuri on Ice, Doro Hidoro, Hajime no Ippo, just, you know, a few little things here and there. Yeah, yeah, they did dabble. Uh, <laughs> Gabumaru the Hollow, a ninja of Iwakag. Gakure village, known for being cold and emotionless, was set up by his fellow ninja and is now on death row. Tired of killing and betrayal, he wants to die. However, no method of execution works on him because as much as uh, seemingly apathetic Gabi Maru refuses to admit it, he does have a reason to live. He wants to return to his wife, who was the reason why he softened up and failed uh, to be an effective assassin. Thus, he refuses to die. I, I, I say, oh man, Asaimon? Asaimon. The Asaimon, the decapitator, uh, a famous executioner, sees this and has a proposal for the ninja. She wants Gabimaru to join an expedition to an island south of Japan in search of an elixir of life in exchange for a full power pardon by the shogunate however the island is not a normal island it is believed to be paradise however the island is full of mysteries and the exploring team consisting of those marked for death might not be fully prepared to handle them um think suicide squad uh meets like ninjas and samurais yeah i think that's a perfect way to describe this show (laughs) um this is hands down the best op of the season absolutely this the op for this show is lights out so good um also in addition to the op mappa has a new intro which is that's like, actually uh their old intro oh is it really i haven't seen it uh-huh i never oh, seen yeah, it before. yeah no it's on a bunch of their stuff uh, maybe i just haven't noticed. i think it's 
It's on their like solo project. Oh, okay. Well, I love it. It's great. Maybe. Gotta love the motorcycles. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I've I've been reading the manga of this, and this show is so good, and it's it's gonna be a huge hit. Um, because I think it's only gonna get more wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the kind of like over the top seinen uh kind of story but with like it, it it's got a like a, a core of really good storytelling um and i think that's what really drew me in you know um and uh, i think one of the things also that um really sets this show apart from your typical like blood and guts seinen ninja story is that it has this really interesting um, character in Gabimaru and the, his kind of um, duality with Asaimon um, and the way they kind of interact with each other and like force things, force the other one to kind of drop whatever act they're they're putting on um, and engage with reality. I think that's that's one of the things that that's really really drawing me into the show so far. Um, yeah. I think for me, one of the the best things about this is the island itself. Yes, um, it is beautifully animated. This is like map of flexing. Oh yeah, um, and it's like especially like how far have you gotten into it? Um, I believe I have watched the first three episodes or two episodes. Let me check. Uh, I have it okay. written down here. I have watched I the first three episodes. Yes. Okay, I might have just watched the fourth one today before we recorded. Mm. Um, but they start showing like some more of the monsters and the the monsters on this island are just like so imaginative and like weird and like the whole thing is that they're like Buddhist and Tao and um, like but not in just like, just enough of a wave of that like uncanny valley to where you're like something something is off here okay um yeah that definitely scans because i remember at the end of the third episode we see um a giant monster that has feet for eyes like a fish head or yeah there was also the fish for the fish head but the the feet for eyes really kind of uh yeah and that's like honestly just the tip of the iceberg so like just in terms of like creature design and monster design, this is you're gonna see some wild shit. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but yeah, one other thing I did want to touch on for this one, um, again, something that might have been lost in kind of translation. I noticed this because when I was I was reading um, some a thread about it on Reddit, and someone was complaining about so the the way part of the story is that um, Gabumaru's wife is like ostracized by her father and like what he does to make sure that you know quote unquote no one will ever fall in love with her is he 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 burns her face um and leaves her with a big scar and one of the comments that i see that i saw kind of being repeated was like oh great here's another story with an anime girl who's who's absolutely perfect but she's untouchable because she has a scar Right. Like like kind of writing it off for that. But something that you need to understand about Japanese culture, especially back during this time period, is that a woman's face is considered like like sacred. Right. So a woman with a scar on her face 
you know, is is viewed as as having quote unquote lower worth than um, you know, than her peers. Um, men would not want to marry a woman who had a scar on her face uh, during this time period. But th- the thing is, this um, this kind of stigma actually persists to this day. Um, you know, where it's not to the same degree. Like back then, um, scarring if you if you had if you scarred a woman's face, you you would you would either have to like you know serve like a, a very harsh prison sentence or pay a dowry to her father. Um, like to the, that's how seriously this was looked at but even today women who um have acne or who have you know other other types of facial um facial ailments are do face a very heavy stigma in japanese society um so i did want to bring that up as like a way to kind of understand why the the the, the, the very heavy significance that her that the scar on her face has it's not just a it's not just a plot device um, it is actually something that is a, a, a signifier of something. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's funny that we've gone through all these amazing shows. Uh, and, I, you know, I feel as though we just haven't talked about something. What haven't something we talked Something obvious. About? What's obvious? What, what haven't we talked about? Uh, like, what could possibly possibly in a list of all these amazing shows be number one well best boy dan i've got good news for you i know what number one is and i'm gonna let you know what's that number one the best anime for spring 2023 the top of our top 10 list uh that award goes to none other than oshinoko obviously oh my Oh my god, I'm so surprised. I know. Uh, it's not like we were been talking about it since like literally the minute we started recording. Um, but yeah, Oshinoko, the number one of our top ten uh, list of anime for spring 2023. It's airing on High Dive, as we know. It's breaking records. Um, it streams on Wednesdays. It comes to us from Doga Koba, uh, who did Shikimori is Not Just a Cutie, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, and My Senpai is Annoying. Um, let's delve into the synopsis. Uh, 16-year-old Ai Hoshino is a talented and beautiful idol who is adored by her fans. She is the personification of a pure young maiden, but all that glitters is not gold. Goro Amemiya uh, is a countryside gynecologist and a big fan of Ai, so when the pregnant idol shows up at his hospital, he is beyond bewildered. Goro uh, promises her a safe delivery. Little does he know an encounter with a mysterious figure would result in his untimely death, or so he thought. Opening his eyes in the lap of his beloved idol, Goro finds that he has been reborn as Aquamarine Hoshino, Ai's newborn son. With his world turned upside down, Goro soon learns that the world of showbiz is paved with thorns, where talent does not always beget success. Will he manage to protect Ai's smile that he loves so much with the help of an eccentric and unexpected ally? Now... I am going to tell you best buds out here real quick. I always let you know when the synopsis is misleading and this one is misleading, but I am not going to tell you why, because that is a part of watching this show. Um, so that is very true for 
the prologue of the actual story they are telling. Absolutely. And I think that is why, um, you know, we, we talked earlier about how the first episode is 90 minutes long. It needs those 90 minutes because it has a lot of story to tell. Um, and I feel it's like the full versed volume of the manga. Yeah. And I feel like doing this as opposed to like doing three episodes was the, the right decision. Um, because it gets you up to the point where you understand what the story is really all about. Um, and I, I just, this show is, is it, I, you read the, you read part of the manga best point in. Um, so, so I you, read the first volume, which is just the first episode of the show. So right. I'm now in the same place everyone else is, which I, I've only seen the first two episodes. The, the third episode came out the day we're recording this. Yeah, but you, you at least you, you knew what the twist was. Um, I knew what the twist was. And so I've been waiting for yeah. this. Yeah, I had I had uh, no idea it when I read it, it caught me so off guard because like at first i was just like into it and i'm like okay this is like you know like a cute story like whatnot and then like something happens and you're like oh i see where this is going this is not what i expected but i am here for it yeah um yeah this show <laughs> um it, it it is going in directions that you know um are really exciting and interesting i i, I think you know, even after watching the second episode, I'm still like, I'm still hooked on the mystery. Um, yeah, I think this is if you're really into mysteries, this is like the show to watch. This is really it's it's kind of more of like a dark look into the underside of the like entertainment industry. Yeah, Um and you know this one, um, I you know storytelling aside, visually is gorgeous. Um, the character designs are absolutely perfect. Like um, everything from your 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 simple side character to your antagonists, and of course your main characters are all designed really well. Um, man, I just can't. I you know we have the the OP is fantastic. As we mentioned, it's not. It's not the number one this season, but damn, does it go hard. Um, I mean, Yaosobi is great. I, I I always love Yaosobi. Yeah, um, I'm just so enamored with this show. Um, one of the things, one of the funny moments that I did want to talk about, though, is that the the doctor at one point is talking about um, how when he he the what he learned as a doctor um that is helping him now as like a as a, a reborn child is uh how to deal with older men where you kind of uh you kind of drop a little bit of the formality with an when dealing with an older man and like kind of kind of like almost shoot the breeze with them and that helps you pave the way for for dealing with crotchety old men and that really resonated with me because i have worked in customer service for most of my adult life and that is absolutely a coping mechanism that I developed. Um, oh yeah, like like oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I'm when I'm dealing with older men, especially over the phone, like when you kind of take a more when you drop a little bit of the formality and take a conversational tone and like kind of shoot the shit with them, they all of a sudden are just super cooperative. Um, and like it's those little kind of things that was just so it doesn't it's immaterial to the story almost, but it just resonated with me so completely. Uh, that I had to, I had to say something about it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, this manga has kind of taken the world by storm. So seeing it now as an anime, like, kind of take up. Like, this was, you know, the thing that that everyone was waiting to get made. Yeah. Um, so it's here now, and it's great, and you should absolutely watch it. There is a reason why we put it as number one on our spring 2023 what to watch list. Absolutely. Um, definitely, if you watch one show this season, you should watch Oshinoko. Yeah, I would say I would absolutely like get yourself get yourself a get yourself a high dive trial subscription. Check it out. Um, watch the first episode. If you are not hooked by the first episode, don't renew. Yeah, there you go. There's a good deal. We're not even sponsored by High Dive yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, you know, that that rounds out our top ten list. Um, I think we have a lot of really great shows this season. Um, we have a couple shitty shows this season. We have some shows that we can't watch. Um, but overall, I'm very excited to uh, to see where this season takes us. Yeah. Um, so... So feel free to let us know where this season takes you. Um, let us know what you think about our top 10 list. What did we get right? What did we miss? Um, is your favorite show this season just not even on our list? Did we? Is it totally not on our radar? Well, you can let us know. You can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. We would love to hear from you. It's true. It's true. Uh, but that does it for this week's episode. Um, you know, I hope you enjoyed our top 10 list. We had a lot of fun making it for you. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing you in our next episode. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a doozy. Keep an eye out for that one, Best Buds. <laughs> Bye. Bye.